This is Higher Ed Heroes with Dr. Sebastian Kemp and Dr. Alistair Stark. Hi and welcome to Higher Ed Heroes. My name is Seb. And my name's Al. This podcast is about transformative moments in the classroom. We believe that these moments, when we bring our classrooms to life, can often be achieved by making small changes that are easy to adopt. And that's the purpose here. Small things that we communicate with great teachers that you can listen to and that we hope will inspire what it is that you are doing in your classroom. And so the idea here is to reflect upon the practices that great teachers bring, think about whether they might work for your own students. And because we know you guys are time poor and very busy, we always want to communicate these small lessons in a jargon-free way. That's why we have the teaching jargon buzzer. And we hit this when we hear those buzzwords that might be more at home in a teaching committee or a faculty meeting. No! No! You like hitting that buzzer. No! I do like hitting that buzzer, and I don't think we hit it enough. So, Seb, shall we introduce this week's guest? Absolutely. Thank you, Al. I've been looking forward to making that introduction for quite some time because this is going to be a great topic here. And I want to very warmly welcome Susanna Fay, um, who is a senior lecturer in the School of Social Science here at the University of Queensland. And Susanna, in her work, centers and focuses and centers around crime and the justice system. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. We're going to get right into it, and I'm quite excited too, Seb. So today we are talking about Denzel Washington. <laughs> Actually, I've mispronounced that because there's a caution for you, Seb, right away, because I used to say Denzel Washington, and speaking to Susanna, she corrected me, and we're going to talk about Denzel Washington. And what he delivers to statistics students, Susanna. (laughs) Yes. What a wonderful topic. Well, I I would say the first thing he delivers is comic relief. (laughs) That's the first and probably the most important thing. But the second thing is it's really just an opportunity to, I guess, allow students to just pause a little bit before we hit some pretty heavy material in a statistics class. That's the main thing. And so you you open up with Denzel just to keep it bright and breezy, but you're really teaching something quite substantive. Of through. course, yes, yeah. of course. It's not just for you know giggles. It's there's serious material that that comes in through using Denzel in the classroom. I think we need to bring some meat to the bone here, right? <laughs> so to to kind of make this uh, to illustrate that and. Denzel is there throughout the entire journey at the beginning, in the middle and at the very end of your course in different forms. And there's three specific things that we'd like to uh, focus on. The first one, the kind of Denzel and video. Talk us through that. Yeah. So so Denzel is alluded to in the beginning of the course, but we don't really bring him in hard until about halfway through. And it's a really, really important point in the semester. The first half of the semester, it's all about descriptive statistics. So this is stuff that students have seen before, but then halfway through, we move to inferential statistics. That's the point where students think, oh, dear God, what has just happened? I suddenly understand absolutely nothing, and I'm going to fail the course. And that's one of the reasons why this particular um, use of of this technique is so important, is 80% of my time in a social science statistics class is dealing with students' fear of math. Very few of them are there because they want to be. It's a core, compulsory course. They are forced to sit in that seat. And that's something you've kind of got to know going in. We start that 
journey with Denzel with a video which I made one year. Uh, it hasn't been there since the beginning. It's an evolving process. During mid-semester break, playing around with iMovie, where I use Denzel to, to, to introduce this topic of probability theory. And for those people who aren't familiar with probability theory, it's the most boring part of any statistics course. In fact, many people just choose to cut it out. <laughs> I, I think that's problematic because one of the things that we want students to know is that this is the theory that sits in behind all the things that, that we do. It's difficult for me to completely ignore it, but I really want to make it engaging, not just for the students, but also for me, because <laughs> it it's boring for us as well. The, that week six class when we start this process starts with this movie trailer that introduces probability theory. And the purpose of that little movie is to really just disarm students immediately. And you always know you've hit the mark when that trailer stops and you can hear the laughter and mm. the giggles spread mm. throughout the classroom because they know today is something going to be very different. So what, what's in the video? Like that's, that's, that's Honestly, the it's the simplest stuff. It's just still shots of Denzel with my message that probability theory is boring but important and after today, you might still think it's quite useless. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that students don't really like this material. <laughs> it's important to acknowledge that there is some stigma around these kinds of these kinds of things. So it's really just acknowledging that and then giving them some space to say, all right, we're going to hit this material, but we're going to do it in a way that's not going to be overbearing and overwhelming. Yeah. So it's taking away the fear. Yes. Making it less boring making a bit of a buzz in the classroom. Yep. So the video ends, then what's next? What's the, the next steps? So I, I like to talk to them a little bit about how probability theory really fits into the course because it is something that sits in the background. It's not something they're going to be using throughout. It's, it's this thing that's there, that's present, that I think is important for them to understand. But it's not going to be an everyday conceptual thing they do, problem-solving tasks and assessments and things like that. I explain to them why I've done it this way. I acknowledge that it's hard. I acknowledge because they already know that. And I think without acknowledging it actually goes a long way for students. And then I hit them with a quiz. It's a pop quiz. Another thing students often hate, but this is a fun one. <laughs> so this is a pop quiz all about Denzel Washington. <laughs> so there's five or six questions. We ask all these questions about kinds of movies that he's been in, trying to get them to pick which movie is that and which TV series did he, did he play in for a while before he became super famous. By the way, every year, fewer and fewer students get these questions right, and I feel really, really old. As <laughs> <laughs> a, a pitfall, yep. I often have to now explain who Denzel Washington is, which I find odd because he's still making movies that are quite relevant um, and quite diverse. So uh, I'm not sure why I need to do that. I often send them away with homework. Find one Denzel Washington movie to watch over your weekend. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But the quiz is actually really important. It's a, it's a, it's a short task. It's a fun task. But it's actually linked to a really common teaching technique in probability theory, and that is using or being able to predict the probability of passing a pop quiz or a quiz in a classroom. You'll see it in most probability textbooks, this particular exercise. But what I want to do is be able to use that same activity, but have them do it on their own set of results. So we use the Denzel pop quiz to help them engage with their calculating the probability of being able to get all right 
all incorrect, passing, getting the majority right, that kind of thing. And it's a really easy way to just introduce them to math that's not actually very hard. It's very, very simple, but in a way that doesn't immediately make them afraid of what they're about to do. So here we have the video. Yep. Here we have the quiz. And yep. then we have a Venn diagram, which honestly, I don't know what a Venn diagram is, but that's the third <laughs> example. So talk us through that. No, you know, I was going to say you should enroll in the <laughs> class. Even I know what a Venn diagram is. You know, I have had um, st academic staff come and sit in specifically on this lecture where I introduced this Denzel quite hard. It's been it's become quite a well-known point in the course. So I, I do get visitors around week six. Uh, so you, you are welcome to come and have a look. Great. The Venn diagram is actually what started this entire idea. I had been complaining. It was my first year of teaching uh, at UQ. I had been handed this class and I had just done this lecture on probability theory and it didn't go well. I was bored. They were bored. It was my first time teaching that material in the Australian context. I've taught in the US before, but I really felt like I was not able to convey the importance of this material in a way that really opened them up to understanding. Uh, and I really walked out of there feeling the students' anxiety over this kind of, of material. I had been complaining to some of my colleagues and someone had said, oh, well, you know, you could just cut that lecture or someone else said you could just make the lecture about something else. And I thought, oh, that's actually a really, really good idea. Because uh, one of the things I've learned to really love doing in the classroom is taking something completely unrelated and using it to engage students in the material that I actually want them to engage with. Around about the same time, someone had tagged me on a Facebook post of this Denzel Venn diagram. So a Venn diagram are basically interconnecting circles. There are three circles in this Venn diagram. There's one circle which includes uh, characters that Denzel has played wearing sunglasses. The second circle is characters of Denzel wearing a hat. And the third one is characters of Denzel with facial hair. And this was something that they had found in Maxim magazine of all places. <laughs> Tagged me in wow. it. And the minute that I saw it, I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make an entire component of this course about Denzel. And so it started off with being just this one lecture. It certainly evolved over nine years that I've been doing it, that he seeps into all other aspects of the course. But this Venn diagram specifically, I use for teaching something that is really, really hard for students. And that is getting them to understand that the mathematics that we do and we use in statistics isn't actually very black and white. We feel that mathematics is black and white, but when it comes to st statistics, probability is really what sits in conceptually behind everything we do, which basically is to say we're guessing. Mm -hmm. It's a really good guess, but we're guessing nonetheless. And the Venn diagram helps me explain to them how to think about what we would call conditional probabilities, that terminology that makes students go, what now? <laughs> what was that again? Do I need to know this? How do I calculate that? And instead of using a lot of mathematical formulas, I use the Venn diagram to help them understand conditional probabilities with pictures and being able to locate points on that Venn diagram that uh, represents the probabilities that we're looking for. Uh, and I kind of end that probability lecture with that, that Venn diagram. And then I leave them with a bit of a class competition. So I give them lots of different uh, clues. 
It's a basically a who, a who am I competition. And they have to figure out which of the Denzel character characters in the Venn diagram that I'm looking for and then calculate the probability of him being feeling a particular set of conditions, glasses, facial hair, hat. Uh, and it works really, really well, and they get a prize at the end. This is why I love this particular one, because you go from fun video mm-hmm. through a bit of a sneaky challenge mm-hmm. to ending doing a mathematical yeah. probability, you know, a real practical, yeah. useful thing, but it's almost... It's kind of smuggled in. It is smuggled in. That's absolutely right. I really do think that's important, though, because, and and I talk about to students about my own experience. You know, I I started my PhD as a qualitative scholar, partly because of my own experiences with math in high school. Never saw myself good at math. Had really a great time doing qualitative research, but I really found as I kept going through my PhD that it was very, very hard to engage with people who were quantitative because I didn't understand what they were saying about my work and they didn't understand what I was saying about my qualitative work. So it was really for me about this language and this translation of being able to talk to people who do different types of methods. So my aim in this course is to give them just a little bit of statistical language and understanding to be able to engage not trying to create necessarily your next statistical scholar. It's just about that ability to engage a little bit with the content. Seb is very blessed. He teaches a topic, Peace and Conflict, which is in many ways exciting in itself. Yeah. As a scholar of public policy, I don't often have that uh, in my teaching. But one of the things that I loved hearing you talk about was the idea of starting with that dry, troublesome difficult to teach topic and going right how can we invigorate it yeah and that's something that you do a lot in your teaching isn't it you're you're constantly looking to adapt if you like esoteric scholarly lessons into the practical the real the fun yeah Mm. i'm blessed to be able to blessed is perhaps not the word that everyone would use uh i'm blessed to teach statistics actually one of my favorite courses to teach but i also teach theory courses these are courses that often are dry. But I think the biggest thing with these courses is that they ca- they have a lot of baggage. <laughs> uh, they, they have a lot of stigma around this is going to be hard, this is going to be out of date. You know, nobody wants to sit in a theory course. So I think being able to back off even some of the language initially around these kinds of topics or, or the way in which we talk about theory or statistics and come at it from something that is completely unrelated not necessarily scholarly at all, is just enough to get students to put down their barrier and give me a few extra moments to, to let them engage with the material. It's very simple, but it really does work well, I've found in, in particularly the statistics class, but also the theory classes that I teach as well. goes to show the importance of providing entry points into the material that are opened up to people who might struggle with the material or absolutely yeah and absolutely. but the, the question i think still is there i mean it could have been i don't know bruce willis it could have <laughs> been david bowie i mean why why denzel uh that's a great question you're absolutely right it could have been anything i could have done a lecture or a course you know using single malt scotch or dog training or you know any of the other things that takes mine or anybody else's fancy the Denzel thing was kind of a good timing because someone had sent me that, that the Venn diagram really was the inspiration. 
He's a favourite of mine. Everybody knows that I'm a massive Denzel fan, have every single one of his DVDs. But I think that, you know, for me, it was a way that also excited me to be able to come in and do something a little bit risky, put myself out there a little bit, make my, help, you know, help students get to know me a little bit in the context of this kind of scary, overwhelming material. Because if I'm not excited about it, then they're definitely not going to be excited about it either. And that's what I was going to ask. Because you know Denzel so well, you mm. can kind of freestyle and riff and the routine yeah. is yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. easier than if it was another topic that you didn't know. Absolutely. In fact, there's one section, uh, there's an example around calculating probabilities of getting audited by the ATO or the, the Australian uh, Taxation Office or the, the American version of that, which is from a lot, within a lot of textbooks. I basically posed this question, should Denzel and I happen to get married, <laughs> should we file our taxes together or separately in order to minimise the risk of being audited. And this is always hilarious for students because, of course, it's absolutely ridiculous. But I did have in the last year someone who knows that my husband is also here at UQ actually yell out from the back, I'm going to tell your husband. (laughs) So it becomes, you know, you have these moments in in the course where you're able to really engage in a fun way but still be able to get that important content through. You mentioned that the first time you taught this course, that particular lecture didn't perhaps go so well. You were dissatisfied. The students weren't so happy. And then you were thinking broadly, what could I do? The next year when you had integrated this, how did the students react? It was a massive change. Like this tiny little thing I've introduced. And and that first year I did it, it really was just the video, really, and, and the quiz and a couple of other things sprinkled throughout But one of the things that I remember is students at the end of the lecture would say, that was so much fun. And, you know, I had I had no idea. Someone said I had no idea Denzel was so versatile. And, you know, and I think that that really meant a lot that students were starting to feel a little bit more positive about content that they really did not originally. One of the best things that I have had said to me from a student is that utilizing these kinds of teaching techniques has really helped them feel like they can attack material that they were really afraid of and thought they were going to fail this course. And it was those kinds of things that really helped them engage in a way that made them feel a little bit more confident. And that right there is really the only reason to do anything, I think, as what we do as as teachers. That's the only thing. It's a great place to leave it, but I have one more question. We can't leave without asking, what's the best Denzel movie in your opinion? (laughs) I have an opinion. You have an opinion? It's got to be Training Day, isn't it? Well, that that is definitely a popular one. My favourite is Man on Fire. Assassin, you know, brilliant. Followed closely by Malcolm X, Mm. which is, yeah, definitely a, a film I recommend. I'd like to still sneak in a final question, though, <laughs> just because I don't want Al to ask the final question. Oh, and okay. that is, if someone is tuning in and they're not doing statistics and they have never seen a Denzel Washington movie, like, what's the advice that you could give them about that technique, how to approach this, about perhaps having some courage? I think it's really important to have a really good think about what it is about the content that is difficult for students. And it doesn't have to be statistics or theory. It could be they're not engaging with the reading list, another common problem that we have. And think about why that is. Because sometimes I think a lot of what we need to do is break down some of the barriers that aren't about content at all. 
to help our students learn. And I think the best advice would be is to take something that is completely unrelated and relate it in some way because you really will bring along a lot of students who are already feeling lost in the middle of any course, often just enough to kind of just snap them out of that that negative narrative about whatever they're feeling about the course, whether it's overwhelm or fear of failing or feeling like they're not going to do well or feeling like they're, they're behind everybody else. Just having that like very, very different snap in the course with something that's completely unrelated is often enough to snap that snir- circuit for the student. I think that's a wonderful note to end our recording on. Thank you so much, Susanna, for coming. You're very Thank welcome. you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you heard anything that inspired you or if you would like to engage further, of course, you can contact us. You can contact Susanna. Thanks for joining us on Higher Ed Heroes, and we look forward to your company again. Mm-hmm.